Good morning. Christ is risen. Well, we gather with great joy on this day, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, to celebrate. Because this is the day of day and the feast of feasts. And so at this time, I will turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of your hymnal, where we, or hymnal rather, bulletin, uh, where we have a summary of our readings on this blessed day. In Adam all die, for we are all participants in the sin of Adam, who rebelled against God in the garden and brought the curse of death into the world. But in Christ shall all be made alive, for he was faithful to his father and destroyed death on the holy tree. Jesus, the second Adam, now walks in the garden in the cool of the day and reveals himself to the daughter of Eve. The risen Christ brings not the curse of death, but the blessing of life, the resurrection of the body. He leads us through the baptismal sea to new life on the other side, conquering our mortal enemies in its depths. In this way, our Lord Jesus wipes away the tears from all faces. He has swallowed up death forever. Let us therefore be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Our service for this uh, early sunrise is the Office of Matins as it begins on page 219. And I'll have you note that the hymns for this service are uh, to be found on the hymn board only this morning. And then also, as we come to the additional psalm, it will be the intro it as it is printed in your Insert here. With that being said, uh, if you'll give me a moment, I'll then make my way to the back of the sanctuary and then we'll rise for the procession. The Old Testament reading for the resurrection of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken." It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice. Be, let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance which I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. 
O Lord, have mercy on us. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the term for tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our sermon text for this day is from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Today we gather in celebration. We have moved from the darkness of Good Friday to the light of the risen sun. The shouts of the angry mob in the streets of Jerusalem and atop Golgotha are gone. But for the sound of a large stone being rolled away from a newly carved tomb, there is calm and there is stillness. The flogging, mocking, and nailing are now three days past. For on the third day, he who was crucified has risen. Jesus lives, the victories won. Jesus lives, death's reign is done. Yet we, dear saints, we have the benefit of 2,000 years of history and the gracious gift of the Holy Scriptures which have been faithfully passed down to us over those many years. On that first Easter morning, Jesus' disciples, they were in a fog of grief, fear, and exhaustion. 
They had lived through the shocking events which began in Gethsemane and quickly moved from one false judgment to another. They saw Christ flogged by the Romans and humiliated before a bloodthirsty mob. They saw him crucified as a criminal and lifted up for the world as a condemned man. And when it was all over, it was Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who saw to Christ's burial. They beheld his lifeless body, wrapped it in linen cloths with myrrh and aloes, as is the custom, and placed him in a tomb. Now, knowing the facts of these first-hand witnesses, perhaps we can understand better why there was such surprise and such panic on that first Easter. You see, the weather in Jerusalem at this time of year is similar to what we know in spring, perhaps 45 degrees just before sunrise at the coolest part of the day. So take a moment then on this Easter morning and think about what Holy Scripture tells us. Walk, if you will, beside Mary in the cool pre-dawn air with that first light of the day barely appearing in the east as we saw it on this day as we came to church. Stand alongside her, strain your tired eyes which are sore from weeping and lack of sleep with her as she draws near to that tomb in the garden expecting to find it nigh impenetrable. However, instead of these expectations being met, Something entirely different happens. And there's that rush of adrenaline that you get whenever there's a shock to your senses. Because the stone had been taken away. Now, mind you, this was no small stone. This was several feet across, weighing hundreds of pounds. It would have taken a handful of men in order to properly move it out of the way, at least under normal circumstances. And more than that, the Lord's body is gone. And so now then, run with Mary, gulping air amid panicked sobs until you reach Peter and John, and imagine being on the other side of that door. Peter and John startling to the sound of breathless cries outside. They have taken him. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Now then, return to that tomb again, running with Peter, John, and Mary, the morning light revealing the emptiness of that tomb. John tells us, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Well, what would you do? What were they supposed to do? We're told that they did not yet understand that Christ must rise from the dead. Do you grieve? Do you marvel? Are you utterly and completely confounded at these events? Or are you just numb, as we sometimes are when we're completely overwhelmed? Or do you do as Peter and John did and return home to be alone? Well, we know what Mary did. St. John tells us she remained in the garden, overcome with grief. She stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. You see, Mary Magdalene is undone in her grief. As she speaks with the angels, all she can think about 
is the absence of her Lord, the absence of his body. Where is he? In her confusion and sadness, she knows not what to do. Then, having spoken to the angels, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. Now, did you notice that Jesus, he actually repeats the angel's question to her, and then he asks her another so that perhaps she might stop and begin to wonder who it is that she is actually talking to. Overwhelmed by all that has taken place, Mary supposes Jesus to just simply be the gardener. But it's then that Jesus said to her one word, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni! You see, Mary thought she was speaking with the gardener, but to her amazement and to her great joy, she was speaking with the good shepherd, not the gardener. She was speaking with Jesus, her risen and living Lord and Savior. You see, in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And Mary knew Jesus by his voice. And she knew that he was alive. Dear saints, when you're weighed down by grief and sadness and despair, just as Mary Magdalene was, you have a tendency to just block everything else out. Nothing can get in. Our sinful flesh is of no help to us at times like this because we can and we do go blind to all that is good in our lives when these things happen to us. You know, it still amazes me that Mary, she seemed to pay no attention to the fact that she was speaking with not one, but two of God's angelic messengers. You see, overwhelming sorrow and despair, they cause us to look inwardly in such a way that, well, we begin to believe the lies of Satan. In times of intense grief, intense darkness, confusion, and isolation, we're tempted to believe that God does not care, that nobody loves us at all, and that we are truly forsaken. Satan uses this hopelessness and this despair to drive us away from the truth of God's word, to drive us away from the word and sacraments of Christ, our good shepherd. In the midst of despair, we become like terrified sheep who run and bolt from every sound, supposing danger and death to be lurking in every corner around us. And consumed by fear, doubt, and sinful unbelief, we look for a place to hunker down, to close our eyes and hope it all just ends. And by the way, that is what Adam and Eve did after the fall when they heard the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Like Mary... We need to hear the word of our risen and living Good Shepherd who calls us out of the darkness of sin, despair, and unbelief. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Dear Christians, on this Easter morning, hear this promise of Jesus that no one can snatch you out of his hands. He is your risen and victorious good shepherd, and you, you are his beloved sheep. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of what your emotions tell you, the promises of God are always true, and they are for you. Christ Jesus took the burden of your sin and death on the cross, and he laid down his life exactly as he said he would, only to take it up again three days later in victory. And now that victory is your victory. You are forgiven. 
You are set free. You are rescued from death and darkness. And though the circumstances of your life may have you feeling forsaken, isolated, and forgotten by God, the risen Christ has indeed freed you from sin, death, and the power of the devil. And he comes to you today to forgive you and to console you. He comes to give you his blessed gifts and his word and sacraments. You see, the tomb could not contain the Son of God on Easter morning, and dear saints, it will not be able to contain you either. St. Paul tells us, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. You see, on that first Easter morning, Mary Magdalene did not recognize the risen Lord, at least not at first. However, when she heard the good shepherd's voice, she knew him, and she clung to him in faith and in joy. And on this Easter day, some almost 2,000 years later, we do the same. Christ is risen. He is alive. We behold him by faith as he comes to us, just as he has promised in his word and blessed sacraments. In that word, he speaks to you, giving to you forgiveness, peace, hope, and eternal resurrection joy. All the gifts he won for you on the cross, they are delivered in his word and in his holy supper, as we will receive it later on this day. In this meal, he gives us a foretaste of paradise to come. We receive his blood-bought gifts, and we rejoice that his victory over sin, death, and hell that's our victory now in Christ Jesus. So also then we pray for the last day when Christ Jesus will return and bring us to the garden of paradise, which is promised to all those who cling to him in faith. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And by faith, you have beheld this also. With Mary, Peter, John, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, you rejoice at what Christ has done. And until the day comes when you stand among their company in heavenly glory, you continue to gather with Christ's saints here on earth to hear his voice week in and week out. And in this way, every Sunday is a little Easter as Christ speaks to you his word of law and gospel, calling you to repentance, forgiving your sins, and giving to you his resurrection life. In Christ Jesus, we have the living hope of our own resurrection on the last day. In Christ Jesus, you are immortal. In the name of Jesus, amen. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. We humbly pray that we may live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
peace, let us pray to the Lord. For a holy fear at the glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we would tremble no longer before the grave, but rejoice and live in the truth of his power to save, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For Matthew, our synod president, Lee, our district president, and all our pastors, that God would keep them faithful to deliver to his people the apostolic gospel of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, let us pray to the Lord. Lord For the church, that by God's Spirit we would hold fast to the word preached to us, and receiving it with joy, take our stand in it and be saved by it, and that God would hinder all who would, sh- who would sow doubt into our hearts, granting us courage to confess its truth in our life and conversation. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For Joseph, our president, and all who make and administer our laws, that God would frustrate the forces of evil and not let our leaders cooperate with them or further their goals. And for our armed forces, as they stand watch for us at home and abroad, that they would serve with honor and integrity. Let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and those in any need, especially Ron Lyon, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips, that the dawning light of the new creation in Christ would sustain them in faith, and that according to God's will, they would be granted renewed health as a foretaste of their eternal healing in Him. Let us pray to the Lord. For joy in Christ's great victory feast as He shares it with us from this altar, and that He would overcome our sin by His forgiveness and swallow up our death in His life, through the eating and drinking of his true body and blood in faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For all who mourn, that the truth of Christ's empty tomb would comfort them, and that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection until the day when God wipes every tear from their eyes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We join today in singing eternal alleluias with innumerable angels and festal gathering with the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven and with the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. A blessed Easter to you all. Please be seated. Well, as we continue in our Easter joy this day, we have coming up very soon, you can probably smell it, Easter breakfast uh, over in the auditorium. And then uh, following that at 9 o'clock, our Easter divine service, and then uh, uh, probably what what will be a short Sunday school and Bible study after that. Uh, Tomorrow, April 18th at 1.30, the Esther Bible study. Uh, And then Tuesday brings us the confession study group and and at 9, and then at 7, the new member class. And then we're coming up on our last couple of weeks in midweek school this Wednesday. And then this Thursday, uh, Orphan Grain Train will meet at 8, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning uh, to continue their good and loving work. And then, uh, will you need any extra volunteers, Jim? You think you got enough? Or, or the more the merrier? The more the merrier. All right, so if you can spare some time at 8 o'clock in the morning on Thursday to, to help... Uh, uh, sort through things and load and do all that that uh, is required of you. Jim would be happy to direct you, uh, but it's a joyful thing that they do. And then at 6 p.m. this Thursday, we have our Trinity Women's Meeting also. 
And just a reminder that this Wednesday's confirmation class is a special one. I'll spend the first half of the time in the, in the room, and then the second half of the time we'll be meeting with the Altar Guild uh, to go through what, is, what it is that the Altar Guild does, uh, what this loving service uh, means to our congregation and how uh, they serve the Lord in that way. And the uh, youth will then get a, a chance to see what it is to set up and uh, take down, or rather clean up after communion uh, for a Sunday morning. Uh, also, I don't want to forget, there's still time, if you haven't had time, to, uh, to look and see what you might want to um, enjoy from Gloria Publishing. We still have these uh, inserts here um, on the glass case and in the back. Again, wonderful hymns, some just like the ones we heard this morning, uh, illustrated and put in a book for um, God's children of all ages. So please do take a look at that. And I believe that brings us to the end of the formal announcements. Anything I may have missed? We're good? All right, well, let us depart in Easter joy, then I'll greet you at the door.